1: full-service financial planning service company. Welcome to the Veronica Edwards Show, where we have fun financial conversations that everyone listening can apply to their personal and professional life. I'm your host, Veronica Edwards, and I'm so excited to be back here again on bizradio.us this month this past month has been amazing i was very delighted to hear that the veronica edward show is one of the top rated shows on bizradio.us so thank you thank you thank you listeners and i know a big piece of that is our monthly cpa chat we got michelle in the building today hey michelle <laughs> hey, hey veronica thank you for hanging out with me again this month i'm super excited um, for the topic that we're talking about, which is non-exempt versus exempt employees. But before we get started, Michelle, I would love for you to always share all your handles on social media, anything fabulous
0: going on with your business coming up in Q2. Wow. Um, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, all my handles. I feel like I'm like going to be on a... <laughs> radio talker or something um that's dating me i'm sorry um
1: (laughs) i love it my dad had a, a cb is that what we called it I <laughs>
0: <haven't. laughs> know, <Okay. laughs> so uh yes exactly so uh folks out there can find myself and, and my illustrious team members my entire firm at michelletrottcpa.com um and you know is there anything exciting going on in q2 i'm just glad q1 is over okay. um, <laughs> but no we just march forward uh in q2 providing uh, great services to our clients uh year round so yes q1 is very very busy but we're moving forward
1: Wonderful. I know I feel the same way. I I felt like I was literally just doing 1099s for like two months, not just one month. And then just still getting, just struggling with clients. It seems like the beginning of the year with them giving me statements and things like that. So I'm just glad that we're officially into the next quarter. Exactly. Well, today, Michelle, I would love um, if You could kick us off with just getting some more clarity in this gray area of responsibilities, I like to say, of non-exempt versus exempt employees. When I was in the corporate world, that was always like a no-brainer. That's a payroll function. There's a payroll department, different from the accounting department, but I'm learning being a small business owner and being a CPA for different clients. They feel like that lands in our lap, Michelle. I don't know if that's <laughs> happened to you before. But um, so definitely, I thought it would be great for us to have a show talking about this. Cause I think a lot of small business owners struggle with how to classify their mm-hmm. employees. And our last CPA chat, we talked about, well, what even is an employee versus a contractor? So, Michelle, can you just give us a quick refresh on that before we even explain the difference between exempt and non-exempt?
0: Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, to your point, Veronica, doesn't everything sort of always fall into our laps, which is fine. That's that's our role. We are business consultants, uh, true. And, uh, you know, always so. (laughs) Yes. So what we talked about before is the idea of employee versus independent contractor, which is a really important concept, uh, particularly for small businesses to understand. And it's it's not in, you know, you can just randomly choose or switch. Um, I was talking with a client recently uh, that was questioning, well, you know, if, if I have these issues um, in terms of in-state or out-of-state, you know, I'll just change all my employees to independent contractors. Like, no, 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 no. That's, <laughs> not, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very clear clearly defined, uh, I say clearly, but it can be uh, sort of a, a judgment. Basically, what we're talking about is, do you as an employer control the behavior, the finances, and the relationship with this individual? And therefore, does that tell you, you know, where you start ticking the boxes? Are they more an independent contractor where you don't control their behavior? You don't control their finances. You don't control the relationship. It's really up to just hiring them to perform a service, you're evaluating them and paying them on a end result. Versus an employee, you do control their behavior. You do control Mm -hmm. the financial relationship. You do control the relationship in its entirety. And that comes in a lot of different forms and functions. But just the crux of it is is really just that. With employees, we tell them, hey, I want you to show up on this day at this time until this time. I want you to do it in these steps in this fashion. I'm going to evaluate you every step of the way. And oh, by the way, I'm going to pay you. And I'm also going to give you these great things called benefits benefits and time off and all these other fun things. Those are employees. There, You know, you kind of can start to see the differences between the two. It's an important concept because mm-hmm. the issue really comes back to payroll taxes. If we have an independent contractor, we're paying them, just a wage, so to speak, or an amount for this end result, and we're not paying the employer portion of the payroll taxes, and we're leaving it up to that contractor to pay their own taxes. With an employee, obviously, we withhold their uh, individual income taxes, their payroll taxes, and the employer is responsible for their portion of the taxes. So you can kind of see why it's important to the IRS, and therefore, it's important to all of us.
1: Yes, that was a mouthful. But that was a good um, mouthful. And in that, um, looking for the three categories, the behavior, the financial and the relationship, I want to remind people that has nothing to do with the amount of hours they work. A lot right. of times people feel like, well, to be an employee, you have to work 30 plus hours a week. Nope. You can, right. I'm, a, I'm an employee for my son's school and I might work five hours a week. Right. Um. That's just the determination of that employer, uh, if they're, you know, based on these categories, yes, that definitely lets you know if you're a contractor or employee, but it doesn't necessarily mean, I mean, a contractor can work 40 hours a week
0: Mm -hmm. and an employee can
1: work 20. So don't get hung up on if they're present, if they're working remote or the number of hours, it's all about the behavior, that type of relationship, how you're supervising them, the different, um, I guess, supervision and, um, resources that you're providing for them. So, so yeah, so let's jump into then now that we know, okay, we determined that we have people in our business that are employees. As employers, we need to determine, are they exempt or non-exempt? So employers are not required to pay overtime to employees who are properly classified as exempt. So a lot of times, you're more familiar listeners to hearing the term, well, I'm a salaried employee. I, I cannot get overtime, but they may, however, the employer choose to compensate individuals for extra hours works through different benefit packages. Anything you want to add there, Michelle?
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it is equally important, not just classifying are we treating employees correctly as we just mentioned, but then when we look at these employees, are they exempt or are they non exempt? And just for clarification, Exempt means exempt from those Fair Labor Standards Act and the Department of Labor rules saying that you have to pay overtime. And overtime is, is compensation, as we all know, where you're working more than a certain amount of designated hours in a week. Um, and I think it's important to, to identify exempt versus non-exempt. Because if you aren't paying the overtime properly to your employees, that's where you can also get into trouble. And it's it's really it, it does become really sort of a question for a lot of small businesses. Um, and I think they lose sight of oh, it's just a seasonal thing, and so they just mm-hmm. worked a little bit extra. Uh, but then you know, in the next season or our off season, you know, they don't work as much. Well. Okay, and there are things that you can do, but you you have to if they are non-exempt, meaning they are complied to you know uh, agree to or, or behave to in accordance with the Fair Labor Standards Act of paying them overtime, it's really important to get that right, you know I mean you don't want to get in trouble.
1: Absolutely. and I think Michelle is just a good rule of thumb for non-exempt just always make sure that they're filling out a timesheet and they're signing off on it. You know, that's always good documentation to say that the employer and the employee agrees on this. That's the reason why we do have, you know, um, record keeping in QuickBooks and and different softwares that are already available to you that you probably don't realize that you have.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think while we're talking about this, you know, I want to be clear about sort of exempt versus, you know, non-exempt. I think even, You can, and and even in some cases, I would say you should have even your exempt employees, you know, track their time or time tracking is is important. And and I use that also to help us understand, you know, job functions, job roles, job responsibilities, et cetera. But, you know, in addition to all of that, the the, uh, Department of Labor has set sort of what we call a salary threshold, and it's it's not very much. They have talked about recently raising this threshold um, in terms of how much a person can make per week to be sort of, if you're in excess of that amount, then you are exempt. But it doesn't really stop there. So let me just go back and say this threshold is $35,568 a year or $684 a week. Now, that doesn't sound like, a lot to a lot of people, but at the same time, once you get above that, people think, oh, they're exempt. Well, well, maybe and maybe not. So it's, it's not just that salary threshold. In addition to that, there are these job duties that an exempt employee needs to have, and they fall into a couple of buckets. One is like an executive job category, and that just means generally somebody who's supervising people, that's sort of an executive sort of function of of that kind of category. So I try to tell people, like, are they supervising folks? Are they managing folks? Those kinds of things. That's sort of that executive category. Mm -hmm. There's also an administrative exemption category. Now, this person may be an administrator in a business, which sounds like, oh, that's how can that be an exempt category? But a lot of times those folks really have to use a lot of judgment and discretion as they're making these business decisions Mm -hmm. and they're important business decisions. So they put them into that administrative exemption bucket or category. So you can be in that bucket, or you can be in what's called a professional exemption bucket. And that's somebody who has a degree, has gone specifically to school for a specific type of job. Um, A lot of times people refer to it as, um, you know, accountants, for example. Um, They can have higher education degrees like engineers. Um, They may be uh, like computer specialists, those kinds of things. So they have a professional category where they really have specialized in a particular field, have gone to a higher education level, and that's a whole exempt bucket unto itself. So, mm-hmm. and then there's a few other small categories, but in general, as a business owner, if you think like, okay, I pay them at least $35,500 a year and they fall into either this exemption bucket or this administrative bucket or this professional bucket, now I really have an exempt employee where I really need to make sure I, I don't have to pay them over time, but I do have to make sure that they're just getting the job done, so to mm-hmm. speak. Wow. And see, and and
1: what's interesting to me, you know, when we were talking about topics, Michelle had brought this up to me and I wasn't even aware of this. And, you know, we were talking before the show like this goes back to Barack Obama's administration, yeah. you know, realizing that this threshold is way too low mm-hmm. and that it's just been constantly kind of just been brush to the side or we'll revisit it. So it's looking like we'll hear something possibly in the summer. Michelle, is that the same thing that you've heard? Yeah, they've been threatening
0: to um, to, to change this salary threshold, like you said, for many years, going back to when Obama was uh, president. and And it does need to be reevaluated and changed Um, Now, that's not to say that the Fair Labor Standards um, Administration doesn't actually look at this uh, level and, you know, evaluate it each year, but it really does need to be overhauled dramatically. And so we're hoping that there's going to be a major overhaul coming soon, maybe this summer, hopefully. I Mm -hmm. think for small business owners, what's really important to understand are that these things are out there what is exempt versus non-exempt so we talked about that in terms of okay if you're if you're non-exempt you have to pay overtime and mm-hmm. that means anyone who works more than 40 hours in a work week has to be paid time and a half for mm-hmm. all of the, those extra hours i think generally people understand that concept but then it's the exempt category that starts to get a little wonkier so we explain yeah. that so you can meet a certain threshold of wages and that's that threshold that is maybe too low and we need Uh to kind of change it or modify it. And then if, and then in addition, if they meet these other job classifications or categories, then they can be kept, classified as exempt, which means they're exempt from overtime. And so what we really want folks to do is go back to their job descriptions, make sure that they're very clear about what the roles and functions are for each of the jobs that they have, and let's just make sure, and then put that salary up against it, make sure and evaluate it against those benchmarks. Are they in those exempt categories? Do they Does the salary about at that threshold or more? And so then you can be prepared when they do make this change, or if they do, this summer make that change that salary threshold you're ready to quickly take action
1: I love that and and it does come up from time to time especially in new organizations and they're trying to figure out job descriptions when they're putting it on indeed or just getting the word out for hiring people and this is when you do need to think about it even before you pay somebody you know how do we want to classify these roles and think about it long term so again we just always give the disclaimer Talk to a payroll professional. You know, this is what they do in and out. But to your point, Michelle, all this information's out on the World Wide Web <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for you to read. But it can be a little confusing. It's a lot of legal words and jargon, and it can get even confusing to us CPAs. And again, the IRS or the FLSA, the Fair Labor Standards Act, All the, things change all the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so definitely stay abreast with having a professional, if that's either your CPA or a payroll professional that can assist you with that. And Michelle, anything else that you can think of that's just valuable for those that are listening when it comes to these classifications, I have never been aware of any of my clients where they've been audited and they've mm-hmm. been penalized or had any fines for this, but, it. but that's just my experience. And I know it's very important to make sure that this is classified right, regardless if you are audited.
0: Yeah, it's not, it's not so much about an audit per se, but more about when an employee feels that maybe they aren't being treated properly. So, for example, mm-hmm. on this threshold idea, if it does get raised, and, and back in, in the Obama administration, uh, they had contemplated changing the rate from about $35,500 a year Mm-hmm. to over $47,000 a year. Mm. And so it's a big jump, right? And so what that means is that people that you may have on your payroll or employees you may have in your business who are, say, making forty or $42,000 a year suddenly mm-hmm. will become non-exempt. And now you have to pay them overtime. Wow. So it's It's kind of like, okay, thinking about that in terms of your budget, in terms of your job descriptions, what are we doing, how can we make these uh, roles the best that they possibly can to comply with the new standards, but also in terms of our budget uh, for our organization. So it has a lot of implications, and I think it's, it's more about making sure we're treating employees fairly. And we don't want our employees getting disgruntled and reporting us to either the IRS, Department of Labor, or FLSA. You know, it just it's really just important to follow these standards and pay employees properly. And that's really just sort of the message is evaluating where we're at, making sure you've got the the ideas in in hand so you can treat people, people appropriately and fairly. And that,
1: that's perfectly said. I think sometimes we do get caught up on like, what's the deadline? Am I going to get a penalty? Am I going to get fined? And when you just take a step back, you're just treating people fairly. <laughs> you know, like you want to treat people the way you want to be treated. So wonderful, wonderful show. Again, Michelle, thank you so much for um, shedding some light on this because I know you're way more versed on this than I am, but it's definitely important. Um, for those that are employers and those that are employees that you know your rights and that know that it's a good thing that these thresholds are being increased because it can provide benefits to those that are working in those roles. Exactly. So yes, yeah, so I just want to thank everyone again for listening. Please tune in to bizradio.us and please come back next week, same time, same place. 10 a.m. on Wednesdays for the Veronica Edwards show. And if you missed the live airing, you can listen to all prior shows on VeronicaEdwards.buzzsprout.com.
0: Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.